Hello, it's Steve Stanley, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. What's up, Royals fans? Glad you are along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we catch up year-round with all your favorite current and former Royals players. It's Davo encouraging you to bookmark us, clubhouseconversation.com. Subscribe on iTunes, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Stay in touch with us as we bring you the best year-round coverage of Royals baseball. And today, we chat with a former member of the Royals bullpen in 2005 and 2006. Steve Stimley, a 6'4 right-hander who came over to KC as a free agent from the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Stimley originally drafted in 1998, fifth round by St. Louis out of Western Kentucky University. A right-hander with great control who unfortunately also had numerous injuries, namely his back and neck and elbow as the years pass. We'll talk about that, but we'll talk about plenty of good memories as well. Stemley is now an inventor. We'll get to that here right away as we kick off the interview with him. He joins us on Clubhouse Conversation. Steve Stemley, first of all, thank you for your time. And second of all, how's everything going with you? I'm um, going fine. Um, everything's everything's going, uh, going great. You just had a little one born a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. We um, have a three-month-old. And um, he actually is sick, so uh, we've been keeping keeping him separated from the two-year-old. Um, our two-year-old um, has got a genetic disease called uh, tuberous sclerosis, and then um, which causes um, causes him to have some seizures and immune suppressant, which is like some cutting-edge medicine um, called Afinitor. But uh, one of the one of the side effects is um, uh, autoimmune suppression. So we are keeping them separated, which doubles my duty as oh. a dad, which is which is completely fine. He's my little uh, two-year-old Luke. He's uh, he's doing well right now, but um, we're still we're, we're still working on getting the, the disease under control. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that, man, but I'm glad to hear that he's doing well, and I know he's got. Uh, you know, great parents and a lot of love there. So, has uh, he picked up a baseball yet? Has Dad gotten him into baseball at all yet? Yeah, yeah. He's you know we live in basketball country, so um, he's he um, he does. He likes the, the baseballs and the basketballs. He likes bouncing, I think, more <laughs> than um, than throwing right now. So, um, uh, I think uh, I think baseball will come, but right now it's more basketball. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. Well, I know you're still involved with baseball as well there, uh, both as a pitching coach and as an inventor, too. So let's kind of talk about uh, you developed a locator target system and the iOS bullpen mobile app. So, I mean, I guess first question is kind of explain what those are. Um, the locator target is is basically what I learned um, on my way to the big leagues um, and also about pitch location selection and sequencing. So, um, when, when I was given lessons when, and, um, and, um, the off season of, of playing pro ball, um, I didn't have anything for pitchers to throw into, um, other than just a, just a strike zone box. Um, and I knew there was a big difference between, um, belt high and a strike on the outside third. Um, and I also knew that you had to do, throw, um, balls on purpose. Uh, to be an effective pitcher, whether it was to come in off the plate and knock somebody off, to get somebody to chase um, on the corner of the plate. Um, so there was nothing that I had um, for pitchers to be able to throw into that made communication simple. We'd always talk about outside half or outside third or um, high and inside or whatever. So I basically quantified strike zone. Uh, and I called it the locator. Um, I started working on the copyrights right away. I think I got it copyrighted in 2008, right after I retired. And then about the patent, um, the intellectual property of the patent, the design patent um, in 2010, 
I got the design patent um, uh, accepted or granted in 2011. Um, my utility patents were were also submitted at that time too, and I got two utility patents. Then I um, uh, registered the trademark of the locator, and then uh, decided that I thought people needed a way to know to. Um, so they could get the most out of it. So that's that's why I created the app, um, is to tell people when to throw um, and where to throw. So the app itself is uh, is iOS, which is Apple, um, and it's got 20 different bullpen sequences. Um, they're all 20 pitches apiece, and um, and they're all different sequences on how to get how to get hitters out. One is called high and hard and slow and low. So it's like fastball high, change up low. Um, you know, there's there's 20 different uh, sequences, and then basically the pitcher throws the pitch, or the the pitching coach that. Um, okay, fastball one. The pitcher throws at the fastball, fastball at the one. And um, and then touches where the ball hits on the device, um, and then you get a check mark or an X, and then at the end of the bullpen, um, you get statistics on how well you hit individual zones um, and spots that you threw. But it also gives um, averages, so it's like a pitch location average, um, more in depth than a ball and a strike, almost like a batting average for. For a pitcher, uh, this is kind of the first edition of of the uh, the app that goes with the locator. But it also it also ranks will rank your pitching staff, so you you know who hits the spots um, the best. Man, dude, that is, that is so cool. Is it is it caught on pretty good? Have you gotten quite a few downloads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten a couple thousand downloads um, as far as the app is concerned, and I've. Sold a couple hundred targets. I um, I, I did all the uh, manufacturing research, um, patent work. Uh, you know, I didn't write the code for the app or anything, but uh, it's been a one man show with me. Um, I mean, I've got a website, locatoracademy.com, and it's a lot of blogs. Um, you know, a lot of pictures, uh, a lot of. A lot of the stuff that I journaled while I was playing, uh, interviews that I did, um, some some stuff that um, just a lot of different content um, that I basically put in a digital format and um, you know kind of put the whole system together. Um, there's some mechan- I'm still working on the, the final product of the mechanics system, but there's a mechan- mechanics that go with it. That I've kind of taught, but um, so it's kind of a whole system. It's the target, it's the mechanics, it's the content of um, the art of pitching, which is uh, more than velocity. I, I think everybody's pretty, pretty much in love with velocity right now, um, and they have been for a long time. Which I don't disagree. The harder you throw, the more mistakes you're going to get away with, uh, location mistakes, I should say. Um, but the more pitches that you can command. Um, and the better you can mix them up, um, the more it's going to throw the hitter's timing off. If you're throwing every pitch 100 miles an hour, you know, you'll probably be all right one time through the lineup, but if you don't know where it's going, um, you need to be able to command more than one pitch and also know what it takes to get to get pitcher, or to get hitters out. You know, kind of the chess match between the hitter um, and the pitcher. Well, and the catcher, too, so... Um, that's that's another thing that the locator does. Uh, while I was a, um, a college coach, I implemented the system and I taught the catchers um, where the zones were. Um, so whenever I called a pitch from the dugout, they were calling pitch location by number. Snap huh. on the inside part of the leg or outside part of the leg or whatever. I knew whether he was setting up outer third, I knew whether he was setting up outer black, I knew whether he was setting up inner third, or I knew where he was setting up inside off the plate to knock the hitter off. So it really increased, enhanced communication between me and the catcher and the pitcher. I knew exactly where the pitcher was aiming every time, and uh, if something got hit, 
I was I finally got the catchers to look over and and tell me if if the spot was hit or not so I could make an adjustment. And we ended up um, setting all the school records um, for ERA. Seven out of the top twelve all-time ERA leaders, um, you know, played one year, uh, played that year um, for me as a pitching coach, in which I volunteered to do. I didn't get paid to do it or anything. I just said, okay, well, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to um, implement the system, and I'm going to use the statistics for hard data as to what what the what the locator system's uh, capable of. Wow. That that is cool as hell. Are are you still doing some coaching then at, at uh, Kentucky Country Day School? No, no. Um that was right that was basically right after retirement. Okay. Um as far as uh that that was high school and then I guess 2010 and 2011 was um collegiate. It was an NAI school. Um Indiana is a branch of Indiana University. Okay. Um so um yeah, that was uh, the the high school um, country day was I think 2008, and then I had had some back issues um, on and off since since I retired. Since the back issues, it made hanging up the the spikes an easy decision. So I've been kind of in and out of um, being able to manage day to day life. I've had two two episodes for about six. One for about six months, and one for almost a year, where it was it was hard to sit uh, yeah. at all. So it was um, it it kind of played tricks on my mind, um, you know, as just being an extreme pain, extreme pain for a prolonged amount of time, um, you know. And when you don't sit down, you can't sit if you're laying down or standing up. So I went from you know pitching in Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, in front of, you know, 50,000 people to being, you know, really mentally, you know, really mentally, I don't want to say, be, I don't know, just being being in a bad place mentally and um, and being basically becoming agoraphobic as far as, as, far as that was concerned um, and not wanting to leave the house um, and from not being able to leave the house for so long, but I figured out what I needed to do to manage uh, manage the pain. Um, there's a there's a uh, the, the heated pool that's about you know 95 degrees and it's got it's got bars up and down it. So I, I basically do like um, an under underwater yoga routine that I kind of taught myself and and did do some um, meditation type breathing to go along with it. And I really kind of got into the mind body thing. Um, for a while after, after my neck surgery didn't help, you know, I had probably, I had, I had a neck surgery. I had, you know, three or four series of epidural shots. So that was like a total of 12 shots that didn't work. I had years of physical therapy that didn't work. Um, so I confident, um, that it could be fixed. So I started looking for alternative therapies, um, and, you know, I tried a lot of different stuff. Medication didn't touch it, you know. Um, so um, I did. I found the uh, the the deep breathing, uh, the meditation, and then the, um, I mean, it took a long time to get back to where I was. I was able to manage and, and get back to everyday life. But um, I've, knock on wood, been, been um, in pretty decent, um, pretty decent shape for uh for the past couple of years do you think that baseball pretty much was the reason for the back problems or was it just something you were you know hereditary uh, yeah absolutely yeah i mean I, they started with it started with my elbow well my neck was uh well I had herniated discs in my neck and then that made my hand go numb uh, that was while i was still playing um so that made my hand go numb um and then that's when i missed the rest of the 2005 season so yeah. Um, I was rehabbing um, an oblique injury, uh, and as I was rehabbing that um, and throwing, started throwing again, um, I had a stiff neck, couldn't turn my head, couldn't do anything. Um, then I got checked out, 
and um, the doctor said I had a couple herniated discs, and then, and then without even doing anything, my my hand went numb and stuff like that. So I missed the rest of the 2005 season. Um, then I, I rehabbed physical therapy, um, training regimen, everything. Worked really hard that 2005 um, off season. Um, resigned. Um, in 2006 as a non-roster invitee and um, made made the team. Um, and then a couple weeks into into uh, the season, my, my elbow went, which I also think was from my neck and uh, being weak and, and there was some compensation going on. And then I got surgery um, on my elbow with a Tommy John, um, and then as I was trying to rehab, back went worse than it was before. So that was my first, no, I shouldn't say my first experience, but it was an experience where you can't get out of bed, you know. Um, it's basically you're just staring at the ceiling fan wondering, you know, if what's going to happen. Or what, if, if this doesn't start feeling better, if I can't do anything about this, what, what happens next? So um, luckily, you know, I, I never take for granted just the ability to be able to get out of bed and and walk to the coffee pot in the morning. Man, yeah, I can imagine why. Man, that's rough. So now, how yeah. about? I mean, I know you're still, you know, uh, you know, involved with baseball, obviously deeply, as we found out. But are you still watching quite a bit of MLB? And then, you know, was it exciting for you to see the Royals in the World Series and, and doing so well these days? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love the style of, of baseball they're playing. I mean, their bullpen is unbelievable. So, I mean, I obviously have a have a soft spot for the for the Royals bullpen. Um, but I, I really like uh, I really like Yost. I have, I think he's done a, um, a great job with the team. Um, I actually met him in uh, in Orlando at the uh, ABCA. Um, coaches convention he was um, just really down to earth and we, we were able to talk for five minutes or so um, but I, I love the speed um, that that they show I love that I, I, I really just enjoy the, the way they play the game instead of you know the uh, especially in the playoffs last year the the really great pitching and um, and not going station to station, you know, hitting home runs. It was just an exciting, exciting brand of ball. And they just did, you know, whatever it took to win. It wasn't but they had to have, you know, all these home run hitters and they had to, um, you know, they, they, they just did it their own way. And it was, um, it was a really smart brand of ball, which, which I felt like, which I always favor um is is the uh the strategy involved and I, I felt like you know they 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 were just a really smart team and it's carrying over into this year too so i uh i love to watch them play any chance we'll see you i know cincinnati is not too far from where you're at i know the royals play there in august any chance we'll see you there in cincy for the royals red series in august if, if everything is, is stable at home and um Actually, my my uh, Luke's doctors are in Cincinnati, Cincinnati Children's Hospital. So, I um, mean, he goes to see them every month, and um, might be able to uh, schedule a visit, take him to his first major league game to uh, see the Royals. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, that will be. I'm making my first trip up there, so I'm excited to to see that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's kind of go way back and talk about you growing up. Then, um, first of all, it's it's the correct way is Louisville, right? Not Louisville to say that. Uh, yeah, it's it's we we call it Louisville. Um, it's for you know that's that's really the only way I know how to say it is is Louisville. But um, yeah, you you're you're close. Yeah. Okay. So close enough. Because I remember. Did you ever watch the movie Elizabeth Town back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. I, sure did. <laughs> I love that movie. They, I remember there was a big thing. It's Louisville, not Louisville. So anyway, that just made me right, laugh. Right. Right. That movie's got a really good soundtrack. Yeah. Um, no, it does. Yes. Yeah, the classic rock and all the different uh, 
different stuff. So now, so Louisville area then, but you went to um, New Albany High School there on the Indiana side of the line. So was baseball your number one sport growing up then? And then who do you credit most for instilling that love for baseball in you? Um, basketball was was it. Really? You know, um, the movie Hoosiers. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and, and, and basketball um, around here. Um, you know, it's, it's, Usually, it's I would say the fan base on on the Indiana side, primarily um, Indiana Hoosiers basketball. But then you have your Louisville Cardinals fans, and then you you also have some Kentucky Kentucky Wildcat fans, you know, sprinkled sprinkled around. So, um, but that's everybody's big passion around here. So I grew up in the backyard, you know, thinking basketball was going to be, you know, I'm going to take it to college. Um, stuff like that, but um, I always played baseball, and I almost didn't play basketball my senior year until um, I could get ready for the baseball season. I remember not trying out um, because going right from, you know, the state championship um, in basketball and missing the first two weeks of baseball practice and then going right into baseball without throwing a baseball and being a pitcher that, you know, Division One schools are looking at. Um, and I hadn't signed yet as a senior, so um, I – but I ended up playing anyway. We ended up, um, you know, getting, getting pretty far in the tournament. In 94, we went to the Indiana State Final Four, and um, we, we got beaten in the, in the Final Four. But anyway, um, I ended up playing anyway, so – I uh, it took me a little while to get my arm strength up. So a lot of the a lot of the um, pro teams that came out to see me um, my senior year um, saw me throw in 80, low 80s um, stuff like that. And I think the word kind of got out that I wasn't throwing as hard as I was the year before, stuff like that. But my velocity steadily increased to where I was high 80s. Um, by the end of the year, and then that's when Western Kentucky saw me, and um, and then I ended up getting a scholarship within. But as far as, you know, who, it, I guess it was, you know, Dad playing wiffle ball with us in the, uh, in the backyard, you know, but it, was a, but it was three different sports. I played basketball in the winter, um, then played, played tennis in the fall, and, um, and then baseball in the spring. So, um, you know, it was, it was, I was a three sport, three, three sport athlete. And, um, I really didn't, didn't plan on playing professionally when I went to college, but first year of uh, college went really well, freshman all American, you know, I kept throwing harder and harder. Um, and then by, by my junior year, you know, I had the pro scouts coming. I was doing that, doing baseball year round, um, had, um, you know, good velocity, good movement, but I still knew very little about pitching. Um, I I knew absolutely nothing when when I was in high school. Um, I, I had the coaches were great as far as being there and running practice and stuff, but as far as someone teaching me, I, I basically went to college on raw raw talent, and then um, I learned a little bit in college, um, but I learned mostly through experience. Uh, that was that was my big my big teaching, um, and I still teach that to this day. That's that's the best teacher's experience, and um, I had to go through a lot of hard times trying to figure out you know what I was doing wrong. And then when it got to to the professional level, if you didn't figure it out, you're gonna be looking for another job. You know, overall, uh, it was it was mostly experience, but I, I would have to credit Dad the most for you know putting a ball in our hand at a at a really uh, early age. Yeah, well, it paid off. So, 1998, the Cardinals took you in the fifth round of the draft. I mean, take us back to draft day. How exciting was it for you? You know, finding that news out, and then were were the Cardinals kind of the team that you thought would take you? No, no, not at all. I, you know, I had no idea. I um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I was. The highest, the highest tick out of Western ever or not, but I don't think my coaching staff wasn't equipped to deal with to deal with the questions of the pro scouts 
um, or college coaches for that matter. And then um, even even the, my college coaches, not a lot of, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch of draft picks coming out of Western Kentucky. So I was getting, you know, visited. I was getting taken. I was taking tests. I was, people were coming to, they were asking me to work out, you know, come to these workouts and stuff like that. And I, I really had no idea. I was kind of blind to everything. This was before, you know, this was before Perfect Game or before travel ball. And this is this is even before the internet. So it wasn't yeah. even like <laughs> it wasn't even like I was looking online, um, you know, where I was ranked or what, you know, I was basically in the dark. I think we had Baseball America where there there may have been, you know, some kind of monthly publication that came out that said, you know, I might have I might have had some idea, but the scouts, you know, didn't were tight lipped about everything. So um, they didn't want to show their hand. So it could have been, you know, top three rounds or it could have been not at all. So I, I, I vaguely knew that it was draft day and <laughs> I didn't, but I knew the draft was over a couple of days. So I didn't know if I was going to get called on that day. I didn't know if I should stay home by the phone, I, you know, so just sitting there waiting. Um, I, I uh, ended up getting a call um, right before um, the Cardinals took me, and they said, you know, um, we're, we're coming up on the fifth round. We want to draft you. Will, will you sign for this mount? And um, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> can't, they can't hold you to an amount that you say you're going to sign for. You're just going to say yes no matter what, like draft me right now. So, um, so I got drafted, and then, you know, I just – waited until they offered me what they basically what they gave last year's draft position and then you know signed in rookie ball yeah you were good too 1998 new jersey in the new york Penn league 1.83 era nine games that year and i saw a guy that you uh you pitched with that year and for many years after that was a ku guy another royal in the future less wall run did you get to know him pretty well oh yeah yeah he was probably um my best baseball friend. I still oh, really? talk to him um, frequently. I was in his wedding, and and um, he was in mine, and and um, he was my first professional roommate, um, and and um, he's uh, just turned out to be a lifelong friend. And that's about the game is is meeting so many people and so many different personalities, and. Um, you know, just knowing people all over all over the country, but also you know globally of, of people that you were in the foxhole with, that you were riding the buses um, overnight, you know, and seeing sunrises on buses, and and um, you know, and sitting next to while while one of the coaches played Full Metal Jacket on full blast at three in the morning, you know, <laughs> uh, over over the uh, the VHS player in the bus. So those hard, those hard times in the minors definitely brought um, brought us all closer together. But for some reason, me and Les, uh, we um, we hit it off right away. That's that's cool. What are the odds of me pulling him out? Right? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. He, yeah, he um, and he he's actually a scout now for the uh, for the Red Sox, and we've um, we uh, talked talk a lot about pitching pitching and and scouting and because uh the locator and and pitch location analytics really fit right into uh really fit right into scouting so yeah that's cool that you guys were roommates and ended up both pitching for the royals too those are got to be minuscule yeah, odds. roommates with the cardinals and then and then both both pitching in the big leagues with the royals yeah that's a, <laughs> a weird coincidence so 1999 Peoria, 2000 Potomac, or how do you say that? Potomac? Is that you say that? Potomac? Whatever. Potomac, yeah. Potomac, yeah. Potomac, there we go. Uh, you were with uh, Pujols there briefly, then New Haven in 01, Memphis 02 and 03. So Memphis, in 2003, you were sixth in the PCL. You had a 3-4-6 and 26 starts, so very successful as a starter, but then the Cardinals switched you to relief after that year. So, I mean, what was the reasoning since you were doing so well in the rotation? Why did they switch you to the bullpen after 03? You know, I have no idea. Um, I, I couldn't figure out the Cardinals at all. Huh. Um, you know, the, um, the, the low A, 
high A and double A. So the the Peoria, Potomac, and and um, New Haven were really stories of two different seasons. Of uh, the the first the first half of the year before the All Star break, I was really bad all those years. But then something clicked. I remember sometimes. It was mechanically, I guess sometimes it could have been arm strength, sometimes it was experience. I don't know exactly what it was, but something clicked, and then I would dominate the second half of the year um, on those first three seasons. So um, then, I, after three or four years of, of getting hit around at the beginning, I figured out what I needed to do, um, you know, to get ready for the season and, and my develop my change up and my location was better. I understood how to pitch better, figuring out how to execute pitches, where and when to throw the correct pitch. And, um, and then, you know, I don't know where it was. I, I, I had a, I had a, I had a, a, a non, non-conventional delivery, um, where it's, it was somewhat like, uh, Clayton Kershaw's, where the the foot kind of goes straight down. Um, so it, if I'm a right-handed pitcher, my my left foot went to the balance point, then went down and kind of paused at the bottom before I went forward. And it, it kind of threw hitters off, made them wait longer, um, disrupted time, and really, you know, I don't know if it was that my delivery that they didn't like or or what. But not only did they, you know, not call me up, but they, you know, I, I spent parts of three seasons in, in Memphis, and my, my numbers got better every every year. So my numbers got better every year, professional ball, um, anyway, every full season. But they never saw, they never invited me to a spring training. Um, they never, you know, the Larusa, Duncan, you know, those guys. They never. Um, saw me throw one pitch live um, in spring training, not even, you know, seventh, eighth inning of a spring training game <laughs> or whatever. So for whatever reason, you know, they they just, you know, that's really, that's really the only thing I can think of. Um, um, my velocity as a starter was probably 88 to 92. And then when I got moved to the pen, um, it went to from about ninety one to ninety six. Um, so I was I was low to mid nineties out of the pen um, with you know getting getting pitcher of the month awards multiple times a year um, with Memphis and never got invited. So it was really frustrating um, from that aspect because the Cardinals had my rights. For six full seasons, and unless I got a, a Rule Five draft, um, you know, I, I was stuck there. And um, and at at one point, you know, I was getting advice to, um, and this is I guess right right around the time um, Ankiel was having trouble throwing having trouble throwing strikes. Um, you know, my dad said in spring training, you need to start throwing it off the backstop. You know, get out of the Cardinal organization, you know, in spring training. Just go ahead and hit the bull a few times and um, see if you can see if you can get released and then just get go to a different team. But I I didn't do that and they went ahead and paid me, you know, two thousand a month that that uh my ten thousand dollars for my third year of triple A before taxes. And um, before utilities or rent and and all that stuff, paid me, paid me, you know, the, below the minimum wage that 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 they had to, and then um, and that's when I was able to sign the free agent contract with uh, with the Royals. Yeah, man. Well, you mentioned getting better at Memphis. I mean, I was looking at your stats that uh, that last year in '04. Just 14 walks and 77 innings to go along with that 3-4-9. So you were doing good. So, I mean, you, like you mentioned, so you've got to be thrilled to get out of the organization. You, were the Royals – I mean, who else was looking at you and what made you choose the Royals? You know, um, the Marlins were looking at me. It really came down between, you know, the Marlins and the Royals. Uh, the Marlins primarily because of Joe Girardi 
Um, Girardi was uh, rehabbing with the with the Cardinals AAA while I was there, so he caught me um, four or five times, and he was a big league manager. They they didn't have a, a strong bullpen. Um, I I knew Joe, you know, so it, it was it was really it was really between those two, um, and um, but I really went with the team I felt like I had the best chance to make it up the fastest because really um, playing in the minors is really gambling, you know, with, with years of your life. It's, it's great. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I uh, at the same time, you know, um, living with the parents in the off season and, you know, doing lessons and um, waiting to get your second career started if if um, if baseball didn't work out is is really you know a crapshoot, especially if you know you're not knowing how long your body is going to hold up and how hard pitching is on your body. And for some reason, you know, all those years with the Cardinals, I was very durable, very reliable. Every five days or out of ten, or but that's how it goes. You know, I mean, I I, I um. The people ask me if if I had to do over again, and and had to go through the injuries and and the post career back issues and stuff like that, but w- would I do it? And you know, I think my answer is yes. And a lot of it's from a lot of a lot of it's from the people, the coaches, the travel. Right now, I'm not laying in a bed, not being able to move. You know, so. At times, I think if people ask me that and I'm I'm in extreme pain, I would say no way. It was it would never be worth you know no no career would ever be worth these kind of injuries. But the fact that I'm walking around without without severe pain, that I'm I'm like okay, yeah, I think I think I would do it. And it's mostly because of the people, I think. Well, for sure. So, 2005, you go to spring training with the Royals, and you end up starting 05 in Omaha. You were ridiculous there. You got in 14 games, 0.45 ERA in the 20 innings, 12 Ks, three walks. So, I mean, I know you weren't, you know, you weren't in Omaha very long. But what sticks out about your, uh, I don't know, what a month in Omaha or so? What sticks out about that? You know, that was my that was my trial. That was my that was my time to show that I um, belonged in the big leagues. You know, um, I had, I had, um, I, it, it was, I knew that if I showed what I could do in AAA, that um, that was completely different than in the Cardinals organization where I knew no matter what I did, whether I won Pitcher of the Month, whether I, you know, was, was PCL Pitcher of the Week or whatever, I knew at the Cardinals I had no chance. Triple uh, A was it. There was no September call-up. There was no spring training invite. There was nothing. There was nothing in the off-season. See you later. Um, we'll we'll see you next year when we get our, you know, 175 innings out of you. But what I remember about that is is just the motive, the sheer motivation of not wanting of of getting to the big leagues and having the real opportunity. To do it, and and all I needed to do, and plus I had those six full seasons under my belt, so I was a lot smarter pitcher. I was in great shape, the best shape of my life, actually. Um, and um, you know, so I, I was able to put everything together, and so I, I had the physical ability, but I also I knew what it took to get hitters out. Yeah, well, the Royals rewarded you your patience in choosing them. So it was May twenty sixth. 2005. So I'm assuming, you know, obviously one of the better moments I'm assuming of your life and a very emotional moment in lots of ways. You know, you got the news for the big league call up. Who told you? Where were you at? You know, what was that moment like? What do you remember about it? Um, I got it late. I got it probably, I don't know if it, the Royals were on the on the West Coast or what, but I think I think I got woke up. Um, but um Jershley, Jersh called me. Um I guess he is he's still the third yeah. base coach. He was um, which he's a he was a pleasure to play for. Um, he's one of the best managers. I, even though I didn't, uh, I was with him for two spring trainings, and you know for that time in in Omaha. But I played against him often, and he was 
um, such a solid manager, um, great, great players manager, um, very even keeled, very, um, I've been through a lot of managers and it was just a joy to play for him. He was, he's not a real, um, you know, emotional guy, a lot of highs or lows or anything like that. So he, um, he, he just gave me a call on the phone and said, you're going to, you're going to the big leagues. And, um, the next, the next day, the next morning, um, you know, I was on the first flight out to Arlington, I believe, um, with, with the rain, uh, to play the Rangers. Yeah. 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 That's where you made your debut too. It was May 26th of 05. So you relieved, uh, Jose Lima. You threw three scoreless innings, three strikeouts. You struck out the very first MLB hitter you faced. I'm sure you remember who that was, right? <laughs> you know, I don't. Are you serious? I don't remember. Can you tell me? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you. I, you really don't believe that or remember that? No, no, I don't have <laughs> any idea. <laughs> you might be the first person I've ever interviewed that didn't know that. It was really? Hank, it was Hank Blaylock. Hank Blaylock. <laughs> That's great. Good I can't. Hank. I, more the, the thing I remember most about the uh, the debut was the bullpen um, before before the game because um, Lima. Um, was struggling. We were short in the pen, and, um, you know, he started getting hit around a little bit. And then Harp starts beating faster and faster when, when you know, the, the phone's about ready to ring. And um, so, you know, he gave up, I don't know, a double, and then a couple runs scored, and it's just like, I, okay, I know the phone's ringing now. <laughs> and then the phone rang, and then they, they call your number, and and get up and start start uh, throwing in the bullpen and um, the three walks that I had in um, in um, Omaha were if they weren't intentional they were basically unintentional intentional meaning I had a base open it was just better to walk the guy I knew I could get the guy out on deck whatever but I could throw it wherever I wanted to basically as hard as I wanted to or as soft as I wanted to and um, and in the bullpen, I started throwing. There was so much adrenaline going that my weight shift was forward. Well, everything was rushing to the plate, rushing to the plate, which gives your arm not enough time to catch up. My weight was going forward. I was kind of jumping towards the catcher, and every pitch was like letter high on the hitter. I could not get the ball down for anything, and I was just like aiming for trying to hit the dirt of the plate, you know, changing my vision, like, okay, I need to change my vision. I need to aim for the plate to be able to throw a strike because now that I'm I'm trying to throw strikes and warm up fast and get loose, all this adrenaline rush um, would not allow me to get the ball down at all. And I, just, and I was just saying to myself, there's no way that you can let, you know, seven years of pro ball go like this you have to <clears throat> have to get the ball down somehow and um i, I figured it out <laughs> luckily i figured it out <laughs> good grief what was a lot of your family there and able to see your debut um no they didn't have time yeah. you know i mean i was i was uh i got called i don't even think they knew until the next morning that i that i got called up i don't um I, they probably did. I probably called them. Yeah, yeah. What uh, did you? Uh, I mean, you weren't around him too much, but did you uh, get to know Jose Lima? We obviously lost him too young. Do you have any memories of him around the clubhouse, just making people laugh and stuff? I was the type, you know, that um, <clears throat> I was a rookie, you know, so I was to be seen and not heard. And um, you know, he he always kept the clubhouse loose and. Um, <clears throat> You know, he was never at a loss for words, uh, especially in spring training. He kept he kept all everybody loose. You know, um, I remember him in spring training more than more than anything, going through drills. And he was he was leading, but he was also keeping uh, keeping everybody loose at the same time. So, a couple days after your big league debut, you came back at the Angels. Another two and a third scoreless innings. Another three Ks. I'm assuming you probably remember that outing too. Yeah, um, I, my best friend was able to <clears throat> was able to come out for that, and his wife, and um, and you know I think it was 
I'm pretty sure it was a laugher game. You know, I'm pretty sure we were out of the game when when I got in, but it was just another opportunity to um, show that I belonged, and I still felt good as far as where I was throwing the ball. Um, and then it just felt good to whether, no matter what the score was, you know, it just felt good to come in and and shut the shut the Angels down for for a couple innings and, and kind of eat up eat up some outs. Well, you had another great outing, uh, you know, against the Yankees after that. So your first three combined games, you've got seven and a third scoreless innings, six Ks, and just two walks. And, uh, of course, then you'd have one bad outing on June 4th of that year against Texas at home. So I'm assuming you probably, unfortunately, remember that one that wrecked your ERA, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I never I never really fully recovered from from that. I ended up getting hurt, you know, I had, had those good outings and then, and then getting hurt afterwards, so... Well, all those numbers will live on forever, but it's uh, that's part of the game. Was was your back a problem at that point, or, or not yet? It was still the neck and the stuff. I went in 05? Um, 05, um, 05, I guess that's, and I'm not sure that um, what what game it was, but it started out in oblique. It was that was my last that last pitch of warmups in. Um, and against the Diamondbacks, and then I popped my oblique, and um, I basically just. And then when I was rehabbing that, that's when um, that's when the next stuff started, and and then then the next stuff I've I've got good enough to come back, and then that's when the the neck, you know, connected to the elbow, connected to the. The hand kind of all <clears throat> all went out together, but um, yeah, it started as, as an oblique, and then and then the neck happened while I was rehabbing the oblique. Yeah, you mentioned the oblique. You were actually mentioned uh, during the television broadcast, I guess, about a week ago. They, uh, Luke Hochaver came in and, you know, he's coming off Tommy John, so he's getting all loose. You know, he's been throwing. First time he's going back-to-back days since he came back, and he's getting ready to start the night. He comes in, gets announced, throws his six warm-up pitches, and then the heavens open up, and they, you know, bring out an hour-and-a-half rain delay. So he's announced into the game, so now he can't pitch after the rain delay. So they were saying you were one of only three pitchers in Royals history to have that happen. So that so that's how it happened, the oblique injury then, not the not the rain or anything right right it was the is the oblique it was um you know i do <clears throat> that last warm-up pitch of 100 percent just you know just done after that but yeah when you said something about um i was part of some kind of trivia or something i was like oh my gosh what could that possibly be and <laughs> i was like so all right uh, now, now it makes sense but i was like there's i, I mean i would have never guessed you know what that that little piece of trivia. I didn't even know that they they did that. I, I I mean I've got all the media guys. I don't even think it's in the media guide anywhere. So I don't even know who the heck found that. But somebody did. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so 2006, like you said earlier, you come back to KC and really good spring training, and you make that opening day roster. I mean, how special of a moment was that for you? That was that really kind of solidified all the hard work that I did in the off season. <clears throat> I really, um, you know, and even the year before. Um, when I was rehabbing in Arizona, I was um, just really focused um, on getting back to the, where I was before because I knew that I could do it. I felt like I felt confident. I knew where the ball was going. I felt like I belonged. I, I had a little bit of success. It wasn't anything su- sustained, but you know, I, I knew that I could. Um, I could make it happen, so it was it was easier to work really hard, um, knowing that I didn't have to go back to the Cardinals. Yeah, <laughs> know that I'd made it once. I'd had really good success in AAA and had some good games in the big leagues. Um, the motivation factor was um, was um, you know really easy for me to be motivated, and then. Um, being a non-roster invitee, that doesn't happen very often, you yeah. know. Um, and I credit um, Buddy Bell with having the confidence in me to uh, to do to to keep me, um, because that usually means roster changes. And whether they think you're you're deserving to be on the team or not with your with your ability, sometimes um, 
roster moves and, and stuff like that can get in the way. And um, the fact that they made a spot for me on the roster and, and brought me um, something that I'll never forget that opening day. Um, I remember Matt Stairs um, telling me, you know, it's, it's a special thing being, um, being um, here for opening day. And I said, yeah, it absolutely is. I, I feel it. You know, they can check out the goosebumps on my arms right now, you know, when the planes go flying over and, you know, the the pack stadium is a day game and everything else. I, I remember that pretty – I mean, I didn't get in the game, but I do remember getting ready and, and just being part of that opening day roster um, was uh, – I really I enjoyed it. I definitely didn't take it for granted. It was a, it was a lifetime of work paying off in that – and in, in that opening day. Yeah. How you mentioned Buddy Bell. How'd you like working uh with Mac, Bob McClure and then Guy Hansen? Oh, I really liked Mac. Um he was <clears throat> he had so much experience and I the the longer I played, the more I gravitated towards people with experience. Um I was I was basically like um I don't know, in basketball they would say gym rat. You know, and and pitching, you can't necessarily be a gym rat. So I would, I would gather as much information from as much the the most experienced people as I could um, to implement it into my own line of thinking and to see whether I agreed with it, didn't agree with it, what I wanted to take, what I wanted to, you know. So and a lot of that kind of carried over with me uh, doing instruction. So five games in uh, in 2006, two of those were scoreless, and then uh, you know as it would turn out, April 16th of 06 at Tampa Bay would end up kind of being your last game in the major leagues. I mean, what was your mindset? Obviously, you've got to be just beyond frustrated, and I'm sure in pain at that point. You know, after the Tampa Bay game, would you have had any clue that would be it at that moment? I mean, did you know it all, or was it you know when you look back? You know, I was having I was having elbow um, I was having elbow issues in spring training. Um, so I took, and that was another, that was another leap of foot, leap of faith, buddy, buddy took, um, is knowing that I was battling pain in my elbow and neck. I, I really wasn't saying anything about my neck at that point. Um, but I was dealing with some numbness in my fingers, some, some elbow pain. I thought it was just my neck. So, um, I, I took some medicine, um, it was all legal. You know, it was it was an oral steroid. You know, it's a dose pack, was I think is what they call it. So mm-hmm. I started feeling better um, <clears throat> early in the season, and then you know, once that that uh, oral steroid, um, which is was prescribed by a doctor, you know, <laughs> um, in the United States, it it uh, it kind of wore off, and then you know, I was pitching in pain that last game. I probably shouldn't have. Shouldn't have tried it, but you know, if the 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 team needs some innings and stuff like that, and they call your number, it's just like you know, you the adrenaline takes over for for uh, a certain amount of time, and then and then you start thinking about you know the the pain of the pitch, or you're you are. Um, worried about what it's going to feel like when you release the ball because that full extension is when I really felt felt that it didn't necessarily um, it, it wasn't like a snap um, that happened on one pitch but it was like full extension is when I felt it yeah now now have you been back to KC since 06 no I have not wow you have to get back and check out the stadium renovations one of these days you'll be uh, be surprised now. What which guys were you closest to? You know, which teammates when you were here, and then have you stayed in touch with any of your old Royals teammates? Um, you know, I was I was buddies with uh, McDougal. Yeah. Um, I was buddies with the Jesus. Those were, those guys were my roommates. Um, and you know, uh, Sweeney was 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 basically him and Graffinino were were um, basically you know kind of leader talk to them as much as I could <clears throat> but I was really pretty quiet you know I, I really you know I I was I didn't you know I was 
really seen and not heard and just kind of kept to myself and really trying not to um, screw anything up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just trying to do things the right way. And I'm not um, uh, someone who, you know, I don't know, goes goes out of their way to make make a lot of conversation. I'm glad to talk to people and everything, but I'm more um, quiet, quiet-natured than, than outgoing. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. Well, it was back then, anyway. Yeah. You know, especially in a, especially you know, in a in a major league clubhouse. <clears throat> yeah. So when you look back, I mean, with your times with the Royals, I mean, are, are you are good memories with them, and you're glad you signed with them and everything, and, and you thought they handled you well with all the injuries and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 very thankful with the Royals um, and and um, how they treated me with the <clears throat> with the rehab and. And the surgery, and um, you know all the shots, and the, the medical team, and the coaches, um, you know the players. I, I felt like I always got a really fair shot. Um, I'm just disappointed that I wasn't able to give back more. Just really it was really frustrating that I'd been such a durable pitcher. Um, you know, for for the six years prior to when I got there, and then I, I work all my life to get to the big leagues, and then once that, once I find the team that gives me the chance, and it puts me in a position to succeed, then you know my body breaks down. But it, the the thing is, I never took any shortcuts as far as training, you know, um, rehab, um, preseason. Um, any shortcuts. So I really have no regrets about, you know, how I how I handled myself and and the work that I put in. It's just, you know, the way the ball bounces sometimes. I, if anything, I wish I could have done more for the Royals because I feel so good. Um, feel <clears throat> like they did a lot for me by giving me that shot that the Cardinals wouldn't. Yeah. Well, last two things for you then. I mean, if you had to pick a favorite memory in a Royals uniform or just a favorite memory of the big leagues, I mean, is it the opening day? Is it the call-up? Is there something else? Anything stick out in your mind? Mm, you know, I think playing, you know, um, I, I'm not great with baseball history, um, but playing um, playing in the the same with the Royals, and and at the top level of anything in the world um, is it's I still feel like is a is a big accomplishment yeah. um, to be sharing the field with you know pitchers like um, Roger Clemens and playing on field like Yankee Stadium and and stuff like that where <clears throat> all these huge huge larger than life names. And uh, and players are. It was it was pretty surreal just to be sitting in the locker room and and look around and think that you're in. I because I never really got got super comfortable as far as the the call up and everything. Um, you know, playing and playing in AAA and and getting called up. One thing I do remember is getting called up before the the College World Series started. That was always the. <laughs> The um, you know the 21 day road yeah, trip yeah. for um, for Omaha. I was like, that's that's my target date. I want to be called <laughs> up for. I have to figure out how to do laundry on the road. Right. <clears throat> yeah, you got out of there in the in the nick of time for sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last thing for you then, you know, was what would you like to say to all the Royals fans listening? Enjoy um, and enjoy this year. Enjoy. Um, the brand of baseball that that um, that the Royals are playing, um, just live it up. Don't miss a game. Um, you know, watch on TV. Come out to the game. Um, it's a really smart brand ball um, as far as manufacturing runs and and good pitching and defense. Um, and hopefully, <clears throat> they can be trendsetters in the game and not everybody um is gonna you know go towards the home runs and um and stuff like that but um 
hopefully they'll they'll make a uh, <clears throat> they'll make you know five ten ten year run, um, but it's uh, it's no guarantee that it's going to be there next year, the year after, the year after. So um, as as the team's rolling like this, uh, just enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you can to uh, to watch this team and root them on. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're glad we saw you in a Royals uniform, and, you know, obviously both the fans and you wish you would have stayed a little healthier, but we have, you know, nice memories of you, and we're glad that you were able to to make it up to the big leagues and, and spend some time with the Royals organization. I'm glad they treated you well, and, you know, definitely stay in touch. Hopefully, maybe when the kids get a little bit older, we'll see you back in KC for a game one of these days, and maybe we'll even sure. see you up, up in Cincy this summer. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will be in touch before then, and I'll, I'm going to make it a point to be there, and, um, hopefully be able to talk to you guys again. Yeah, sounds good, man. Send it. So we'll stay in touch and you know keep us up to date with uh, you know all the locator and the app and all that good stuff, and I'll stay in touch and you do the same. And uh, you know, God bless and good luck to the health of your children and everything. All right, thanks. I appreciate it.